0: I think now people really realize what we did for the South. And we hey man, outcast, they were they were our superstars. Yep. But I always know that Goody Mar was the backbone. That soul food, man. You know what I mean? You you can not anytime and, and, and you can put soul food in right now and it's still relevant to what's going on to the day, man, because out here, man, it's hard, man. Like I could see that it's changed. It's more people going into poverty. It's it's less and less people knowing how they gonna eat every day. So you know, to have soul food in your catalog, man, it sure can, it surely can help you through some tough times in your life. That's one thing that I can say throughout the, throughout all the years. People always came to me either. Coming home from jail or just going through different things with their family, they always were like, man, I go to that Soul Food, man, and y'all helped me through a lot of stuff, man. You know, a dude told me that last night, like, man, you know one of y'all favorite songs y'all ever did? I said, what? He said, guess who, huh? I always think about my mama with that record. You know what I mean? So, it's real, man.
1: Welcome to The Vault Podcast, classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts b cox and the crew greetings and welcome ladies and gentlemen to another edition of the vault podcast classic music reviews presented by iv creative it's a perspective on the classics from a fresh point of view we appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective you could be anywhere listening to anything but you're right here with us so we thank you with you today is yours truly, B Cox, and today I'm flying solo, but it's all good. Shout out to the crew out there doing their thing. But as times go along, you know things happen. We we have family, lives, jobs, church, all types of different things going on, and of course, it's an exciting time in the country. As we all know those of you who are stateside and also worldwide. United States has selected a new president, or so it seems. So we shall see how things will move on. And this political theme fits in what it is we're doing today because politics and hip hop sort of go hand in hand. But nonetheless, hope you all are enjoying your weekend and your week and hope that everything's going well as we transition into fall, heading into the holiday seasons. Once again, shout out to all our listeners worldwide and stateside for continuing to put us over the top. The numbers continue to go well, even on our New host on Red Circle. So, thank you again once for all the support for the Vault Classic Music Reviews and also for Raw Sex, which I do myself and Cousin Damo, aka Dominique Marks. He comes out with that every Friday. Make sure that you check that out and you're subscribing and listening to the Raw Sex podcast as well. As we like to say here on the Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics. And we have yet another one here today, and this is a special one considering the times in our country. Just past election day, and it has been determined and called by most of the networks that we have a new president. But it's appropriate, I think, in this particular time that we're reviewing this album. Today, we're going to go back 25 years ago and go right back to Atlanta to take a look at the debut album of Atlanta rap group Goody Mob, Soul Food, released on Left Face Records on November 7th, 1995. This album is 25 years old. And as you heard in the opening, the words by one of the members of Goody Mob, Big Gip, about the importance of this album. And you really hear it throughout the theme of this album. That's why I said it's appropriate that we're doing this review right now, considering the time in our country. And the words, of course, he talked about the importance of the album. And the time that it came out and what it meant to particularly not only just that city, but what was happening in Black America at that particular time. But this is the debut album of Goody Mob, Soul Food, 1995. The particulars on the album, as we said, November 7th, 1995, release date. Recorded on October 1994 through August 95. Runtime of 61 minutes and 2 seconds on LaFace Records and the executive producers on this well-known, the legendary OMP, Organized Noise Production, the trio of Rico Wade, Ray Murray, and Sleepy Brown, who did many of the Dungeon Family's projects. Of course, Goody Mob, a member of that famed Dungeon Family clique that came out of Atlanta, which to me made the foundations of what we know as not just hip-hop in Atlanta, for a large part of the South, however. And Goody Mob really played a big part of that as well. I like to call Soul Food by Goody Mob. I like to label it as what I like to call a foundational album. Now, what I define as a foundational album in hip-hop, and you could really translate this to any other genre throughout music, is that if there is a trend that has started or maybe something has happened for a particular region or area, to me, I think this translates more to hip-hop than any other genre. Well, I'll say for urban music, because I think for black music, this rings true more so than anything else. When you have like a region that has a sound, that has a feel, that really is developed around the culture and everything that envelops that city, that region, or that area. You sort of get the landmarks as something that started it all. So for me, this is a foundational album when it comes to not just Atlanta hip-hop, but Southern hip-hop as well. Goody Mob, a member of the Dungeon family, parted up with Organized Noise, close affiliates with OutKast. As a matter of fact, two members of Goody Mob were actually on Outkast's debut album, Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music, came out in 1994. Again, to me, another foundational album when it comes to Atlanta hip-hop and also to Southern hip-hop. Big Gip and CeeLo were on the famous track on that album, Get Up and Get Out, which to me is one of my favorite Outkast songs. And everyone remembers that because the hook that was said or stated by CeeLo, but then also was opening verse on that song which you want to talk about to me, one of the most important verses on a song that came to divine a subgenre within a genre really kind of set the tone for that song and what the message of that song was going to be. This soul food is to me is a soul, is a foundational album because what you see in the elements that appear here in soul food, everything from culturally what was going on in Atlanta, politically what was going on in Atlanta, what was happening in black America, things about the government and also about indoctrination, about mass incarceration, about racism, about economic policies, things that kind of, if you're on the surface, if you're not listening and paying attention, you may miss. Like you may hear some really nice beats, you know, some lyrics to go along with it, but you really got to dig into this album. It's like the whole thing about during white man can't jump where they were talking and he said, you tell me that you listen to him, but, but do you hear him? Like, that's the thing, right? People may listen to this album, but do you hear what's going on in this album? That's really what I want to point the attention, what we're going to talk about here today. But fool by Goody Mob, and Goody Mob made up the four members. I mentioned Big Gip and CeeLo. The other two, of course, are Cujo and Timo, made up by a group of members, as it were described. And for those of you who have not actually seen the Organized Noise documentary, which now I don't even know if it's still on Netflix anymore, but The Art of Organized Noise, which was the documentary not just about Organized Noise as a group, but then also about the groups that they brought along to help really define the sound and the foundation of Atlanta hip-hop. It had information in there about OutKast, also about Goody Mob, and then had all the other stories about the other Dungeon Family folks, folks like Joy, like Witch Doctor, like Big Rube, like Killer Mike, eventually he will be a second generation Dungeon Family member, Mr. DJ, all these folks who sort of came in and were a part of those first Dungeon Family releases that really set the foundation for the game. Goody Mob really became a part as of being a part of this scene that formed in Atlanta between the 1980s to the 90s and wanting to be a part of a collective hanging around, being around groups like OutKast and around Organized Noise, even before they were even known by that name. They were just in the game. And Goody Mob came about of putting really these four MCs together, some of them of different cliques, some of them involved in different things in life at that particular time. And really became like a hodgepodge of 4MCs that hadn't really worked together, but came together. And if you really want to talk about all the brilliance of not just the artists themselves making this come together, but of organized noise as producers and then also as leaders and nurturers to get a group like this to come together and put out a project when they weren't even a group to begin with. This really came together. You can't tell that they really weren't a group by listening to this first album, but... They started off by working on Outcast's first album. As we stated, Big Get, Man, Cee One, Get Up and Get Out. As a part of the Dungeon Family, what I stated, and I stated this during our last review of Outkast Stanconia, the thing that I loved about what the Dungeon Family did back then is that when people had projects, everybody got on and contributed to make sure that that project was a success. You saw it on something playlisted of Cadillac music. You saw it even further on this album. Some of the features on here includes Dre, a.k.a. Andre 3000 of Outkast, Big Boy of Outkast, Dungeon Family member Cool Breeze, also singers like Joy, like Sleepy Brown on Soul Food, hearing from The Witch Doctor, who is somebody who came along a little bit later after these initial Dungeon Family albums came out. It's not just like entertainment music, and as we'll hear a little bit later on, they really wanted to back up what Dre had to say at the Source Awards earlier that year that the South had something to say. And it wasn't just about entertaining you and making you dance. Goody Mob's whole mentality was not just about making good music. They wanted to make music that lasted for a long time, that lasted forever. And they wanted to give you something to think about. Because it's very unusual, even with guys at that particular time, like when they were younger black men, to think about and talk about some of the things when it came to these issues that they brought forth. And it really, I think, to me, drives home the issues that were happening in Atlanta. And in that particular time in 1995, what was happening? Atlanta was going through some changes. They had just built the Georgia Dome not too early before that. It had been up for a few years. The Olympics were coming to Atlanta the following year. And if you talk to anybody who was either in Atlanta during that time or has been a lifelong Atlantan, they'll tell you that that was really the beginning of gentrification and Things started changing in Atlanta. Politics were formed around the development of Atlanta and having to take people out of certain areas of Atlanta and pushing them further and further away from the city. And anybody who's been a part of a city that's predominantly black, it has dealt with gentrification. You know exactly what it is that I'm talking about. So they talked about all these things in Soul Food. I first heard Soul Food when I was in the eighth grade. I picked up this album actually not too long after it came out. And the thing that intrigued me about it, because other than hearing Big Gip and CeeLo, I knew that they were around, but I would never known anything about the actual group Goody Mob until I heard Cell Therapy. <laughs> and that, to me, is what I think is what pulled me in, because that's that beat from Cell Therapy with that piano loop, and <laughs> it's just, it was crazy. That first came on the radio in the fall of 95. And I was hooked. And I was also hooked to the things that they were saying because it wasn't just the normal BS shit that you would hear in rap. It was different. And then they were also country. They were Southern. You heard it the the in their voices. The beat, the concept of the song, the hook, who's that peeking in my window? Plow, nobody down. It was amazing. And then to be able to follow that up with, Video and then a song with Soul Food, the actual title track of the album, and then hearing a song like Dirty South, which, by the way, on this album, the term Dirty South was coined by Cool Breeze, who was a Dungeon Family member. And that was the first time on wax that someone had actually referred to the South as the Dirty South. And now it's a common term that we use, not just in hip hop, but in general, the Dirty South. And watching that documentary of the Art of Organized Noise, where Big Gip said as a collective, as a group, they wanted this album to really show people what life in the Dirty South was like. They wanted people to give people a slice of what their life looked like in Atlanta and in places like Atlanta in the South, which could be so much different than the metropolises and urban areas in places up north like D.C., like New York, like Boston, like Philadelphia. It's a different world down there. And I think this is where the genius of having diversity in hip hop from different areas, you get to get a slice of what life is like in different places other than just the places on the two coasts in New York and L.A. This is where the genius that is coming in of this scene in Atlanta really being developed and giving you a slice of what life was like in Atlanta. And that's really what helped to pull me in. So I got this album. I listened to it and struck just to begin how great the beats were. Beats on this done, majority of them produced by Organized Noise. Now, if you listen to Southern Playlist of Cadillac Music, you're not surprised by the quality of the beats that came out of this project. But another thing as well is that the other folks that worked on this album that helped to produce, I mean, it was all produced by Organized Noise, also produced by Mick Zoe, Mr. DJ co-produced Goody Bag, and just being able to build on that sound that you heard from outcast first album continued on goody mom's album but the two albums the sound wasn't exactly the same and that was again i think the genius of organized noise being able to work with groups that were closely affiliated somewhat mirroring each other in some of the some of the subject matter that they covered but knowing that you were dealing with two different monsters so you needed two different sounds that was really the only way this this was going to work Awesome, awesome production. The thing that I loved about Organized Noise and that Dungeon Family production back then is that the bass lines to me are incredible and the melodies are inventive, but the melodies here fit everything that you have. I mean, the type of songs we talk about that you listen to on here that have these themes, everything from thought process to the Dirty South, the cell therapy, even the songs like Guess Who, Sesame Street, Live at the Omni, songs like I didn't ask to come. And then the day, the closing song, like the day after also mentioned that a documentary is that it was important that they knew that they had to develop different sounds for the two of them because it was bad enough that people looked at Southern hip hop a particular type of way. But then if it all sounded the same, then it sort of defeated the process of you being able to show just how diverse and how well you could produce music as well as your counterparts on the West and in the East. Now listening to it this past week, Almost like the way that Gip was saying in the beginning in that clip that I played for you guys, it's amazing at how much, how relevant the subject matter still is today from 1995 now to 2020, especially now in the climate that we're in, in this country, it's no different. And that really tells you that that really is the test to find out whether something is timeless or not. Hasn't really aged much. The content is something that you literally can take from right out of here and pull it and plant it right down in the soil of 2020. And here we are. So we're actually going to take a little break before we get into a little bit of the analysis of the album. In between this break, what you're going to hear is something from an interview earlier today where Goody Mob talked about the creative process of making Soul Food on the cusp of their 25th anniversary. So you're going to hear a little bit from Timo and also from CeeLo about that process and then what making the album meant to them. And then also what the thought process was in making something that could sort of last, just not now, but for a lifetime. So we're going to take that break on the Vault Classic Music Reviews, and we'll be back in just a second. You know, all I could just say was just the passion of what we were trying to do. It was like Gips say, it was the stance of the South. You know, we want we wanted to be heard. We want to be respected as MCs, as artists. You know what I mean? And as, as intelligent artists, and and not just as anybody just trying to make booty-shaped music. You know, we were really trying to make some type of music that was going to last and stand yeah. the test of time, and it's doing that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, and j- just to put a cherry on that, mm-hmm. um, even, even at those ages, you know, you can, um, you know, identify with yourself and then ad- identify with those who are, you know, immediate around you that... We had political opinions at that age, um, which was signifying in its own regard, you know what I mean, and in its own right. And so I could see, you know, if you um, fell into that category of, you know, that age bracket of where you had not come, in, you know, come into that awareness. Know I mean, that, you know, um, some people were still, you know, at that age still sorting themselves out, you know what I mean, like, you know, living at home with their parents and things of that nature and being really shielded, you know what I mean? Like from, you know, the, the ills of society, you know what I mean? But in the South, the ills were at our front door. You know I mean, like, you know, on so many occasions with, you know, the the outright racism, segregation and classism that we endured through, you know what I mean? Like historically. So all of that was on our back as well. You know what I mean? Like, and, and to deny that as a duty, uh, is to uh, enable your right to passage.
1: And we're back on the Vault Classic Music Reviews. Of course, that was Timo and CeeLo speaking about the creative process of making soul food. During the debut album here, we're discussing on the podcast, Goody Mob Soul Food, released 25 years ago, November 7th, 1995, on LaFace Records. Now we're going to get into the tracks, my highlights, and I'll go through my three favorite tracks on this album. Then also a track that is a sleeper track that I think most of you need to check out if you haven't listened to Soul Food in a while. And then I also go through the beats as well. My top three favorite tracks on here. And I think for me, it's kind of hard to stack those in order, but I'll just give my favorite three instead of putting importance on one, two, three, ranking best to number three. To me, I love thought process because it opens the album and you get great verses from the whole click on Goody Mob, but then you also have a great closing verse by Andre. And <laughs> the way that I love the, about the, this beat when it switches up from the regular snare and kick to hand claps at the end to really emphasize really the soul. And that soul is what's present throughout the album, no matter what. Everything, everything is soulful. It's hard hitting, it's raw, it's gritty at times, but then also can get you into a groove. Thought Process is definitely one of those tracks. Another one of my favorite three tracks on here as well is Dirty South. And I love the way that the feeling that this song gives you. Uh, It's interesting that they had Andre on one song on Thought Thought Process and the song about Dirty South. They featured Big Boy and then also Cool Breeze. So appropriate considering the duality between those two and OutKast and their personalities, their styles, to have Andre on Thought Process and then also Big Boy on Dirty South, and Cool Breeze as well to spit a couple of different verses.
3: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Those are two of my favorite three. My third favorite song on here as well, I'm going to have to say Fighting. And I say that because of the message that's in fighting. And one of my favorite parts on here is the last part with CeeLo and his spoken word verse slash poetry, which to me really kind of speaks to you, how you can take the rhythm out of a song completely. I mean, no beat, no nothing, and have really CeeLo just said, Hold up, man, let me talk to him real quick. And uh, man the messages. And I think if you're going to take anything else away from me right here is that the messaging in here is something that is so powerful that that's what really drives this whole thing about soul food and the the concept of soul food and what it means just beyond the title of the album. That's what I think to me is more important than anything. Uh, I mean, those are my top threes really is thought process, dirty South and then fighting. And then a track that is a sleeper track to me on here is, I didn't ask, ask to come. And this has a particular messaging in regards to some of the things that happens when things go left and you deal with the consequences of the street. And, again, it's the messaging on here. It's the, um, the stories that they tell that lead up to as far as the consequences that happen. So that is a sleeper track to me. I don't think that I played this much alone when I first picked up this album in 95. But I think when I went through my replays of this, this this week, I listened to this and rewound this a couple of times. So, I mean, other standouts on here as well. I mean, of course, it's Cell Therapy. That's one of my favorites. I mean, the verses on here, I think everybody shined in particular on this one. The story and the theme on, themes on Sesame Street and <laughs> how they use this as a metaphor to determine as far as like the different parts of urban decay. All right. And how things can deteriorate in a city. Uh, Using the title of Sesame Street ironically though Is brilliant just in itself The Live at the Omni Which I think is interesting The fact that the Omni used to be where the Hawks used to play And uh, O-M-N-I as it's spelled out As an acronym on the album title One Million Niggas Inside The whole talk and theme about mass incarceration Which when you deal with any city that has a significant Or majority black population Mass incarceration is always going to be an issue That continues to be talked about and uh how we we as black people are at much higher rates jailed and placed in the prison and given harsher sentences than those who are not black and that's present in a city like Atlanta and it's the things you hear and talk about them particularly when you hear those verses by uh by Cujo and then also by Big Gip being able to hear those messages of things about okay you know like this is this is a real issue the skits on here are in particularly like you know unlike the skits that you hear on an outcast album, they have some meaning to them. I mean, there's the red dog skit, which for those of you who don't know about the red dogs, I do. I got to give a shout out to uh, my boy 12 Kyle, who actually did an excellent review of this album earlier on this week and mentioned about who the red dogs were in Atlanta, that they were sort of like an affiliate of the police office. They pretty much would do raids on trap houses in Atlanta and would, you know, do raids on houses and things of that nature. They sort of operated, as a function of the police, but not exactly the police themselves. Um, The skit, well, blood skit, the serenity prayer, which is a popular prayer. Everybody knows the serenity prayer. You've probably heard it or read it somewhere around. The skits here are not of a comedic nature, but they fit the theme of the album though. So everything, everything works out. As far as the production is concerned, give it up to organized noise, man. This is, (laughs) this to me, they were the driving force behind the Dungeon family and behind making all oh, so many of these different acts that were with the Dungeon family work because of the dedication that they put into not just making beats for everyone, but truly producing their albums. <laughs> now, you talked a little bit about this before, uh, the difference between beat making and producing, how there's a lots of beat makers out there, but there aren't really any there aren't that many producers out there as people like to say that we have a lot of folks out there that are beat makers will say well, well i'm a producer i'm a producer you know yeah i mean some people are beat, just beat makers and some are actually producers what organized noise did was actually producing it wasn't just like hey here's this beat write something over it and then that'll be it it's like no we're going to help you in the process of writing it we're going to help you structure this song. We're going to figure out the direction of how this song is and sequence the verses. We're going to take this, help you write the hook, help you with other options, like really taking a song and constructing all the pieces together to make a cohesive song. That's what producing is. It's not just making the beat. It's being involved in all process of the song and making it come together. That's what producing is. And that's, to me, what Organized Noise did better than anything else was not just making the beats, but making sure all the elements of the song came together. And when you do that and do that throughout an album, you have an exceptional album right there in front of you. Some of the standouts on here. um, I love the beats for thought process, love the beats for dirty South self therapy. And if those of you who have watched documentary, that's where sleepy said, where Rico sort of really came into his own as a beat maker and a contributor to the production side of organized noise that he helped to construct that piano loop that you hear (laughs) on cell therapy and the different sound effects that you heard on it as well, that it was so ridiculous that it was just like, yo, we got to, we got to roll with this right now. I loved the beats again for fighting goodie bag, uh, hearing a, a song like soul food and taking that whole concept, sort of drawing the parallels between Southern cuisine soul food if you may and equating that to as far as like what soul food does to your body why it's being called as comfort food it's good for you it makes you feel good it makes you feel warm inside like being able to see that the beats for i didn't ask to come i love the beat for the coming with the witch doctor and i mean i loved all the production on here because to me it's like Again, not a lot of samples, as we mentioned on Southern Playalistic. Not a lot of samples really being used on here as far as songs being directly sampled. One sample credit that we have was for The Dirty South that contained samples of uh, Hubert Law's "Passacaglia" in C minor. And then that was it. A lot of the other things that you saw that happened as far as the production on here was all original instrumentation. A lot of it was done doing work in the studio with musicians. A lot of it was done working on sp1200 also incorporating other different type of themes and elements into that but not necessarily samples that's where you get that organic sound while the music sounds so soulful because you're getting excellent production and instrumentation on every single beat that you hear on here that isn't necessarily pulled from a soul record or from a record from the 70s or the 60s that's where you get the genius of organized noise production when they pull different elements together to really produce a song to me, there aren't really any lowlights on this album. There wasn't like a song that I would be like, all right, you know, I don't, I don't really like this song. So I want to take it off of the album. I could really do without this one. Another thing that stood out was the fact that how different their styles were. Like everyone knows CeeLo. He has a, he's g- carved out a great solo career. He's had a great singing career now. But uh, I think when you listen to this, you understand how much of an accomplished rap, a, a MC that CeeLo was back in those days. And so many of the different things he had to talk about. I mean, he really talked his truth on here. I mean, the same thing with Big Gip. Big Gip, a great MC. Love his voice. Um, Cujo, a very unique voice on this record. Uh, Sometimes I think when you listen to Cujo, it's almost like he's rapping his stream of consciousness. A lot of times his verses really didn't even rhyme, but what he was saying was really some real shit (laughs) was really some real shit, but he was a central part of that group and their style. And then with T-Mo, the thing that I sort of laugh about with T-Mo and he's an important part of this group as well. As a matter of fact, on that documentary T-Mo lets everybody know that that whole piece up a town down with, he was the first one in the world to do that. And I'm sure he was, I don't have any evidence to say that he wasn't, but T-Mo to me has always really been very energetic And very aggressive, (laughs) like like the one thing I think in the line that has me cracking up every time that I hear it was Timo saying "fuck Chris Darden, fuck Marsha Clark" on Soul Food, and he said it so hard, like he really meant that shit. And I know that he did. (laughs) It's (laughs) like like, "fuck Chris Darden, fuck Marsha Clark." Like, okay, damn, I dog. (laughs) That's how you feel let us know how you feel that's what really stood out to me but you couldn't have really four more different guys but everything sort of worked together because when you're able to build a shared vision on the messaging of an album even if you have four messengers and four different methods of delivering that message it can all come together and everyone was on the same page when it came to as far as the themes on this album and talking about things like racism and mass incarceration and disparities and in income and opportunity, which were all present in cities like Atlanta at that particular time. And it can all come together regardless of the messengers and how they sound and the MCs and the styles or whatever, it all can come together. So yeah, man, Um, that's where we are. Now, as far as notable quotables, my notable quotable actually comes from cell therapy, and it comes from Celo's verse, and it's from that second verse. Oh, you know what else they trying to do? Make a curfew, especially for me and you, the traces of the new world order. Time is getting shorter. If we don't get prepared, people, it's going to be a slaughter. My mind won't allow me to not be curious, but my folks understand so they don't take us serious. But every now and then, I wonder if the gate was put up to keep crime out or to keep our ass in. I wonder if the gate was put up to keep crime out or to keep our ass in. And that's central to the theme of the whole song, Cell Therapy. (laughs) Really? Really? and that speaks a little that speaks to gentrification okay like that speaks to the whole thing about Atlanta changing about the fact that you know they either want to keep you in a space and make sure that you're there and that you don't come out it's either are they isolating us or are they really looking out for us you know it's taking people up and out uprooting them and moving them out to areas outside of where it is that you're comfortable and what you know because we don't want you here anymore so it, That to me is kind of always stuck to me more than anything else. I mean, these are four great verses on this song, but that's my notable quotable. My other one is of his verse during the fighting at the end where he just said, let me sit back and let me talk to him. And, you know, the lines in particular where CeeLo sits and talks is as individual and as a people, we are at war. But the majority of my side got their eyes open wide, but we still don't recognize what we fighting for. I guess that's what I'm writing for, trying to shed some light. But we've been in the darkness so long, don't know right from wrong. Y'all scared to come near it. You ignore the voice in your head when you hear it. The enemy is after your spirit. But when you think that it's all in your mind, you'll find a lot of reason we behind. It's the system designed to keep our third eyes blind, but not blind in the sense that our other two eyes can't see. You just invest in quality time in places that you don't even need to be. We just don't know who we are, but the answer ain't far. Matter of fact, it's right up and under our nose. But the system taught us to keep that book closed. See, the reason why we got to lie and deceive is so that we won't act accordingly to get the blessings we supposed to receive. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Uncle Sam wants you to be a devil, too. See, he's jealous because his scan's a curse. But what's worse is if I put you in a verse, y'all listen to some bullshit first. I mean, come on, man. That's true. (laughs) Even then knew they knew back then, man, it's about the difference between quality music and between what people would just make, make people dance. Like even the fact that in their next album, still standing, they had their first hit single was people don't dance no more. All they do is this. All they do is test. And it's, Goody Mob is always on that next level, man, that message that they have. Even now, when you talk about some in that particular song, he states what Goody Mob stands for. Either the good die mostly over bullshit. You take away one O, it will let you know that God is every man of blackness. I mean, (laughs) you got to love it, man. I love it. Like I kind of feel like this Goody Mob album, to me, is sort of what, Almost five years later, Dead Prez made, but Dead Prez made it, and it was also a lot more aggressive. It was also a lot more uh, concrete in the things that they were they wanted to talk about, as far as like the action that they needed to take. Like you know, there were specific things in Dead Prez versus in Goody Mob. They both identified problems though, and it was two different and, and distinct different styles that you had between Goody Mob and also with dead prez but essentially it was all the same like i kind of feel like what you hear in soul food and what you heard in let's get free are essentially the same type of message just to you know slightly different messengers like uh, this is <laughs> to me why i think goody mob is so important to the south and also to atlanta hip-hop is why this is a foundational album and now we get to the verdict and here's what my verdict is Initially, this is what I'll say. This is definitely a regional classic as far as when it comes to Atlanta and hip hop. This is a foundational album. This is one of the albums when you talk to anyone of a certain age that started rapping, not just in Atlanta, but other parts of Georgia and other parts of the South that will tell you they listen to music. And this is one of the albums that they point to to be like, yeah, when I was coming up, I was listening to Goody Mob and them and Soul Food was something I regularly had in rotation. And when you talk to folks down from the south, like I think during this past week when I told people we were getting ready to do good soul food, the reactions that I got from people, just like, mmm, okay. You know, the reactions that I saw from people on social media in anticipation of the 25th anniversary of this album coming out has been nothing but positive. Has been nothing but good memories, has been nothing but good vibes. And when you make a piece of music like that and you get those sort of reactions, it's really what the hallmarks of classic music really is. It's either one, something that's unforgettable to the quality of it, but then also unforgettable into the impact that it has. And now, is this the best Southern rap album of all time? No, but I think it's in there in the conversation. And it's also, you can't write the story of Atlanta hip hop and hip hop in the South without Goody Mob Soul Food. You can't. And for me, that's the reason why it's a certified classic because you can't write the story of Southern hip hop without soul food, without Goody Mob. They end the conversation when it comes to that, members of the Dungeon family, proud citizens of Atlanta, and part of the movement that helped take this focus from just two coasts all the way down to the South and it spread out from there. That's how important it is. And the message still rings true today. We still talking about things like government surveillance and privacy and the fact that mass incarceration, criminal justice problems with the police and brutality and shootings and still problems with racism in America, still problems with gentrification, still problems with gaps and opportunities and income disparity. I mean, (laughs) all this stuff they talked about is over 25 years ago. My 13 year old self at that particular time couldn't comprehend at 38 years old. I listened to this album and I almost nod my head, not just in appreciating the music and rhythmically to be able to appreciate the sonic quality of the music being made, but also in agreement with the things that are being said in this album. I mean, this is an album that I could pull out years from now and share with my kids. And have them not just listen to it, but hear what they're talking about. As I mentioned earlier, the reference about white man can't jump. Yeah, you listening? but do you hear him? Just want all y'all to hear it, man. So there it is. Goody Mob, Soul Food. Make sure y'all go check it out, man. 25 years ago. Now they are releasing underneath Sony. And Sony has the catalog for all the faces, records. And they are doing a special reissue of Goody Mob, Soul Food. And then not only that, they were supposed to do a 25th anniversary tour for Soul Food, but COVID, the Rona messed that up. Like, they messed up a lot of different other anniversary tours for a lot of albums this year, whether it was 30, 25, or 20. So that's cool. But Goody Mob has actually mentioned that they are going to be putting out a new project coming up, I believe, fairly soon. And to hear that, that they're back together again, become ready to release some music, makes my heart glad. Because they are truly one of my favorite groups Definitely when it comes to southern hip hop They are in my, I would say at least My top five of groups from the south So, be on the lookout Go listen to Good Mo- Goody Mob Soul Food Get some soul food, man For your heart, for your mind, for everything that's going on In the situation nowadays, man Go listen to this album And go listen to the message in it as well And that's gonna wrap up yet another edition of The Vault Please make sure you're checking us out on our new host on Red Circle. You can also check us out on our Linktree, any one of our social media channels. Again, if you go to any of our social media channels, you get to the Linktree. You'll not only see all of our social media pages, but all of our streaming sources. You can get to our Linktree, of course, by going to our social media pages on Instagram, at VaultCMRPodcast, on Twitter, at Vault Classic, and on Facebook and YouTube. You can search us by the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast, like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you check us out. Interact with us on social media. We love to hear from all of our listeners and to interact with them. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend. And make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we want to remind everybody to dream big. Because dreams is the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate. Because you are never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IVCreative and Instagram at IVECRE8.